Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get into today's show, I have to be just excited for a hot second because the papaya box dropped yesterday, y'all. October 3rd. Yes, Mean Girl Day. Not not what we're being nice girls, right? Um, October 3rd, we dropped the third papaya box. This box features one complete outfit that can be split three different ways to be used thousands of different ways if you have the creativity around that. But essentially, it is going to be fall to winter staple items and things that are timeless in style. We didn't ever want to create something that was not going to be worn and used by folks. So this is something that is just so exciting. It includes this beautiful cream, beautiful bodysuit that has gorgeous lines that go in this V shape down your body. It is a comfortable bodysuit. Y'all, I would never betray you on a bodysuit. I know we've been burned. I will not do that to your vulva. It is a beautiful bodysuit. And you know what? Whether you pair it with a, a set of jeans or you wear it with a skirt or you can wear it underneath piece two, which is the papaya slip dress. Now, when you see slip dresses out in the world and you've tried one on, you're immediately feeling like you've been assaulted. They are really, really not great in terms of how they sit on your body, cling to your body. It's very vulnerable feeling for so many of us. And I was, when we first started talking about slip dress, I was like, oh, heck no. Oh, heck no. Not happening. Been there. Done that change room thing. Didn't feel great. And then, you know, we started talking and figured if we did the right fabric and did the right cut, maybe with adjustable straps and a really bias line, I think that's what it's called, bias line cut, it could really actually look good on all bodies. And so we've done it, goes up to a size 4X. I'm so stoked about it. It is so beautiful. It wears so gorgeously. You could throw a hoodie over it and wear it like a skirt with a pair of sneakers, which is such a vibe right now. Or you can wear it with a chain belt at a Christmas party, a holiday party. That is such a cool deal to be having these two individual pieces that can be broken into so many incredible styles. And then we brought the finisher of a headband that is super stretchy, doesn't give you headaches, I promise, in the box as well to complete the look and you can wear that separately as well. It is right now available. If you're in Canada, go to nyx.ca. If you are in the US or worldwide, you're going to go to nyx.com to shop the papaya box. They're limited. They're only here for as long as they're here. Our first box sold out in 30 minutes, but we've made sure we have enough for uh, more this time. So I'm really stoked, but I no guarantees of how many we have available. But I'm hoping now with the 24-hour mark since launch that there is enough for you all as well because you are low 
loyal podcast listeners, and I appreciate you so much. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. We're going to get into the show, which, surprise, is a solo episode. Enjoy. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. That. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Okay, I'm not going to lie, this is entirely unplanned. This doesn't happen very often that I feel so pulled to something, but That's what's happening in this moment. And I'll be honest, part two, my heart is beating out of my chest and I can't really explain it. But every once in a while, there's like a certain calling or a certain moment where you have to either lean in and listen or you lean out in fear. I have no idea what I'm about to say. I just know I'm about to get quiet with myself and I'm about to get quiet with you all, but quiet in a way where I'm going to be talking the entire time. I just want to update on life. I just want to chat through some things, some revelations that I've been having, some thoughts through this last year, this last eight months in particular. I feel like we rush through things and we experience life. And if you don't pause and reflect, you might miss it. I remember as a child, one time a youth pastor said that we should write down what our prayers are and put them somewhere so that when they're answered, even if it's a no, we have an opportunity to go back into it and cross it off. I don't really think about that so much anymore, but I do think about the amount of healing that goes on in a life or how much learning and tools you learn along the way. When I think about who I was a year ago and how much fear I existed with, how much it rattled within my chest and in my body, I was terrified to have a baby. And I know I talked a bit about that. I know that I shared with you. I know that I went through therapy for it. Prenatal depression was the hardest thing I have ever gone through. I get so choked up every time I talk about it because I've gone through life stages that were a complete surrender of self, whether it was, you know, leaving a 11-year marriage and 13-year relationship, moving in with my parents, with my kids, whether it was, you know, making decisions to learn how to be around food and be around my body again in a really real way. These are very vulnerable things. So it didn't always make sense to me. And I guess it was really hard that in a time where I was in a great, safe, loving environment, blessed with the opportunity to carry a child with my now husband, to have to sit with the feeling that, not that I didn't want it, it, that wasn't the overriding feeling. I feel like that's something to clarify, but that I wasn't connecting. It just felt like a numbness. I felt a lot of resentment for how sick I was. I felt very happy that everybody else was so happy, but I felt like I had zero capability of bonding with what was going on inside of me. One person described it to me best as to kind of help alleviate the situation. They said, you know, you you wouldn't try and bond with your liver, but maybe that's how, like that's how you feel right now. It's like an organ inside your body and you're trying to push a relationship with it that you that isn't there for you yet. And that was the most I I guess, clear it felt about anything, the best descriptor there was for something. And at the very same time, I was so terrified 
not just of like the birth and the experience and like what it would be to be a mother, but I was so terrified of losing her. And I, I look back and I understand when you have bleeding in your pregnancy, when you have complications in your pregnancy, there is a certain level of having to surrender control to the situation, not knowing what could happen. So now we fast forward. It's been, I mean, when I think about those nine months of my life and how difficult they were, there was part of me like a light that came back when I gave birth, when I had this baby and when we went into life. And now I feel like I'm eight months down the road to think that my body is almost entirely nine months postpartum. We had nine months of that. Now we're almost nine months postpartum. And I haven't even sat down to think and talk about it and take time with it and like have gratitude for healing, but also a lot of like what I went through and the learning and the space I held for myself. I the hardest time of my life existed when I was pregnant. And one of the most transformative seasons of my life has been the last eight months. This show would not be possible without our sponsors. So I can't say thank you enough for taking time to listen through some of our sponsors and their messages because I don't take these lightly. We go through so many different processes to make sure we have the right sponsors for this show. And I'm so excited to introduce them to you each and every week. The people that we surround ourselves with actually have a huge impact on our life. So life pressures can cause these relationships to change for better or for worse. I've heard this repeatedly, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a parent-child relationship, a sibling, or even a friend, especially with the climate of the world and different opinions swirling, it can be really difficult to find how to deal with some of the frustrations that might come out of relationships with your friends or family or partner. Whether you're having complicated feelings about a relationship or just need a neutral person to talk to, Talkspace Online Therapy connects you with a licensed professional to help you work through it. Talkspace is ready to help you start feeling better with a single message. You can set goals with a Talkspace therapist and develop techniques to cope in difficult times. Talkspace offers individual therapy, couples therapy, and medication prescription services. I fully believe in therapy and I love this one because it is so accessible for so many. Talkspace meets you where you're at. If you're at home and even the thought of making an appointment and driving somewhere to sit down and talk out your feelings, I struggled with even setting up Zoom calls some days. So having place, having it meet you where you're at, I think is incredibly important. And Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform. They have thousands of licensed therapists available to you to match across dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. If you feel like you need a little support to help you through the end of this year or start building towards a better upcoming year, Talkspace is here to help. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with promo code PAPAYA. That's $100 off when you use code PAPAYA at Talkspace.com. There is no shame in talking out your feelings, learning new tools, and finding ways to move through life a little bit better, a little bit easier. Find that with Talkspace at Talkspace.com using code PAPAYA. 
creeps, cults, ghosts, guys named Jerry. This is your one-stop shop. If you like all that weird shit, join me. I'm Casey Balsham. I'm a comedian, and I am fascinated by dark, twisty, and shady-ass shit. On the Shady Shit Podcast, we're going to cover all the topics, ranging from living in a haunted house to dating app scammers to Lizzie Borden and everything in between. Every Friday, I'm going to break down well-known and little-known stories that are sure to induce just a bit of discomfort. I am so looking forward to making your weeks just a little bit weirder. I don't know in terms of how this is, who's listening and who might need it, but I wish things like this were more talked about. I guess I wish I understood that more people went through things like this. And I will bring you into postpartum because then I felt so amazing, right? Like just the most amazing feeling ever. And in terms of like my body, I felt so powerful. I had just given birth in my living room. Like, are you kidding me? I felt like I was a unicorn, majestic human being that just went through something so incredible and came out the other side. I felt like I I survived something. It was just so cool and so amazing that I, I missed the birth experience, to be honest, because it was so, it was so healing in a way. And then, you know, I have this newborn baby and newborn life is no joke. It was very minute to minute. And the weeks went on and I began to go back to work and I felt a bit of a shift because I could recognize that having a baby nowadays is very different than having a baby 10, 15 years ago when I first started it. There wasn't social media back then. We didn't have open conversations about everything. There wasn't opinion polls on how you should feed your baby, whether it be bottle or breast or nursing or a combination of both. There wasn't conversations about baby led weaning. I didn't even know what those terms meant. There wasn't conversations constantly about what my kid's sleep schedule was. And I felt an immense amount of pressure for something that I just wanted to walk through with with light. I wanted to just feel all the gratitude. I wanted to soak in the newness of this baby and the newness of this life. And very quickly, it began to kind of close in on me and not in a way that felt like a postpartum mental disorder at all. It very much more felt like my people pleasing began to show up. I had no way of pleasing everyone with the way that I could parent my child because there was such a vast majority of opinion. And I couldn't get comfortable with so many different situations to the point that, you know, when the days were harder or where I felt overwhelmed or my favorite language love words touched out, when I just felt effing touched out. The moment I introduced formula into the situation, my gosh, I felt so much relief. But how did I explain that online? Well, I felt so much shame. It took me a while before I could start sharing things like that. Not to mention the mockery that um, consumed me from people who would call me an out-of-date parent, that I was too old school, that I was feeding my baby's puree. That is unheard of these days. I felt so small. I mean, this is my fourth kid. I felt so small. And this is somebody who, you know, lives and breathes and discusses confidence Uh, when it came to motherhood, I felt completely shaken. It made me feel like I was 21 years old again, sitting in a hospital bed, trying to figure out 
how to go home with this baby because I'd been letting everybody else change her diapers the entire time. This time I think I was confident. I was like, I know what I'm doing. I've done this four times. This is so easy, so natural. I'm going to slip it on like an old pair of shoes. And I was so wrong. It was like an old pair of shoes that I'd grown out of and my feet were covered in blisters and I was bleeding in these out these wounds and trying to figure out, scrambling through motherhood, almost trying to communicate with everyone how to best go through these things. But I'll say this was the difference is when I did communicate was when I said, you know what, I'm, I'm learning about these new terms and I'm going to come to a new conclusion of what makes sense for us. I'm going to explore, you know, all these different types of feeding. At the end of the day, I really feel like the best part of all of this is that I learned so much about what support means, how support is best. It doesn't matter how you feed your baby or move about your days, whether you go back to work or not, whether you try and do both at once, whether you get help or ask a friend or, you know, order takeout six, seven days a week to make it by, I felt like all I needed was support in whatever it was that I was going through. I'll tell you something that really changed for me, and that's interjecting my own experiences onto others. I realized that I actually do this a lot. People would tell me a story like, oh, my baby's spitting up. And I'd be like, oh, I went through that. Here's what you do. Until I had a baby this time, I didn't realize how much when you're just genuinely trying to share something, people interject their own experiences. That was such a me thing. I did it all the time. Receiving so much of it this time, I recognized how difficult that made it and how much it could really trigger anxiety and people-pleasing. So I'll tell you what I've changed and how I'm like learning through this because I think I do it a lot with a lot of different situations, not just motherhood. But I've changed it to the part of where I say, oh my gosh, like holding so much space for you with that. Or like, I hope you know you have my support and, you know, feel like you can reach out if you need to. Also, I have experienced something like this before. If you ever want to talk about it, let me know. I would love to chat with you, but no pressure and really just remove some of those things. The amount of people that would come back and be like, I would love to hear what you did or what your experience was it felt like there was consent to the situation. And I know consent is talked about a lot, but I really believe in it. When we're talking through situations like motherhood, for one person, it might be such an easy, similar or like easy experience, especially if you're talking about birth and stuff. And for other people, they're carrying real huge trauma. I, it's incredible to me watching my own best friend who has gone through birth trauma. When we talk about birth and we exchange stories like their currency, for some people, it is like the dead of their soul. They're really struggling through that. And here we are just openly talking about their trauma in front of them. Dear women everywhere, let's start a fashion revolution. Old Navy is changing that shopping game with bought equality. Bought equality means size equality, price equality, and style for women everywhere. That's right. Old Navy is making every one of its styles in every size with no price difference. Because we deserve it and our sisters, moms, and friends do too. Old Navy's bought equality, well, it started with you, the customer. 
Old Navy read thousands of product reviews, conducted thousands of interviews, and even went on shopping trips with real customers to hear what you had to say. And then they really, really listened. I actually heard that they worked with over 300 fit models and even did like digital fitting as well to like make sure that their stuff was going to fit on so many different bodies, which I think is amazing, especially when I was such a skeptic because especially in a changed body, I didn't expect to have any t- pair of jeans actually feel like it was made for me. And when I tried on their new bought quality jeans, I was just blown away. I got the sky high denim and oh my gosh, I could not stop talking to people about them. We actually shot them one day and I had, I showed my photographer the jeans and she immediately went and bought them as well. Because we wanted clothes that were made to fit on real women's bodies. Old Navy heard us. They spent years listening, studying, modeling, testing, refining, and perfecting so that you and women everywhere can have amazing fashion that celebrates each of us as we are. Whether you're postpartum in a new body, changed body, whatever it is, the same one you've had forever in a day, you deserve to have a style that fits on you. Bought equality also means that right now in every store, you're going to see mannequins in multiple sizes. And online, you can see styles that you love on models in size 4, 12, and 18. It means consistent and comfortable fit for every size, double zero through 30, extra small through 4X. It took years of work, tons of revisions, thousands of people, including the customers that came in the first place to create this fully integrated shopping experience. And that's Bought Equality, a revolutionized shopping experience for women everywhere. You can see oldnavy.com slash bought equality or oldnavy.ca slash bought equality for additional details, styles subject to availability. I used to take Array like years ago when I first discovered them and they are no joke when it comes to helping with bloat. If you struggle with bloat like I do, especially if I have one of those days where I'm like, yeah, you know what? I am going to eat that cheese. And then later I'm like, oh no, I ate the cheese. Enter Array. Array was created to help women feel their best so they can be their best. Let's be real. When you're bloated, it is distracting. Your pants are cutting it. It is not a great feeling. So through targeted products, which are 100% natural, filler-free, organic, and formulated by a naturopathic doctor, Array's products work in under an hour so you can actually feel the results. They solve the annoying problems that we talk to our girlfriends about. The blow capsules are versatile because they can be taken at any time. This is what I love. Whether you've had a plant-based meal or something heavier like a pizza or a pasta, it optimizes digestion with the use of five herbs and fruit-based digestive enzyme, and it's completely laxative-free so you don't have to worry about running to the bathroom. They also worked with an eating disorder specialist to formulate their products to make sure that they were done with the intention of creating a product that would give people relief from digestive issues without the possibility of using it for any type of weight loss purposes. This intentionality, this gets me in the heart. I love it so much. They're extremely body positive in their branding and they believe that every size and shape is beautiful and that no one should feel discomfort after meals. The blow capsules were designed to give people food freedom so you can enjoy the foods you love without any discomfort, gas, or bloating after. And yes, of course, it works for men as well. Their products are also super chic, so they look so great on your beauty shelf or bag. You can go to array.com and use code papaya at checkout for 10% off a one-time purchase or 25% off your first month on subscription. That's array, A-R-R-A-E.com. Use code papaya at checkout for that 10% off a one-time purchase or 25% off your first month subscription. 
Y'all, I love this brand. I love the founder of it. And I really hope you try it and check it out for yourself as well. It's just one of those really cool products. Oh my gosh, it's literally on my bedside table. I'm not even joking, y'all. I'm staring at it right now. It's a great one and I fully believe in it. So enjoy. And you know what? It's one of those things that you're going to feel the effects within the hour. And then you're going to be like, oh, 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 they were real. They're legit. So check them out and uh, array.com. Let's go back to the show. Motherhood has been such a journey for me. Having a baby and teens, it's just taken me through this loop and it's really taught me so, so much, especially in the world of social media. I'll tell you this too. We think that things have changed and they genuinely have not. When it comes to things like breastfeeding or chest feeding, nursing a baby, I thought we were so progressed past that being like such a taboo thing. I couldn't believe how much hate I got. I actually even had a post taken down. It was reported for me discussing dangle feeding. I actually did it as a joke because dangle feeding is when you have a blocked duct Um, you can lean forward or go on all fours and feed the baby in that way where um, your tit essentially hangs down like an udder and it helps drain those blocks. So I was doing that and and I posted a censored photo and then a comparison photo of me with my face on a cow because I thought that was hilarious. It got reported, taken down, and I lost 5,000 followers by the end of the day. Talk about shock. Talk about people-pleasing, anxiety-ridden moments. That was huge for me. But the other big thing was hiring help. About four months in, I started feeling completely overwhelmed. The touched out feeling was happening more than not. My cluster-fed newborn was now a cluster-fed four-month-old. There was a lot of crying. It was not all the babies. It was a lot of mine. And Shane, one night after work, just put together this ad on a nanny site and I was like, that's the creepiest thing you could have done. Like you can't, you can't actually do that. That sounds so creepy. You literally just said my, like I'm putting an ad up for my wife. I'm like, it it just sounded so creepy. So he changed the name on it, made it mine, but not with any information and kind of explained the situation that we were looking for someone who could help us part-time, just alleviate some of that daytime pressure I was feeling, especially as I was returning to work with the notion that I could do it all. And I think that's a situation that some people can do. I think it's also baby dependent and I couldn't put my baby down, let alone put my boob away. And babies aren't manipulative. They're not, they can't be spoiled. So this was a situation where you just had to show up for your kid and their needs. And there was not much more I could do about that. On top of that, we had three kids homeschooling because of the pandemic. So it was a lot of pressure, a lot of things going on all at once. I felt so overwhelmed. And when that ad went up and we started getting different people applying, I was delaying, delaying, delaying. I just almost didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to talk about it. I had never had childcare in my life, not even a babysitter outside of family. So I was super, super stressed. I didn't think I was going to find somebody that actually made sense. And then one person replied to the ad and they were 
somebody who had come out of a totally different career lifestyle in event planning, lost their job in COVID. I heard there was a lot of stories like this out there and um, also had experience in childcare and was training to become a doula. So I just felt really like, oh, I love that they kind of have a passion for like this newborn stage. And uh, we had a call and I realized this was not her, you know, end goal career desires, but that she was really excited about this opportunity. Not only that, she ended up being a follower of mine. She knew who Lemmy was. She was really excited. And so we're like, you know what? Let's bring her on. Let's make her a part of this. And for as long as it works, for as long as it works until we find the person that's the home run. And she she said the same thing. Like, well, I'll, I'll be here for as long as you need. And then, you know, when that and when you find your person, like I'll move on. And so we had this really cool agreement. And the first day she came over, I was like, I've never had childcare before. Like, I'm going to be real weird because I'm going to be two steps away. <laughs> Like this whole day. And uh, anyways, by the end of the first week, I felt so overwhelmed with gratitude. I couldn't believe how much I let myself feel like I had to do it all over like overcome the experience and overcome the reality of the situation and essentially let myself get to a burnout state because I was essentially stubborn or prideful. And I didn't see it that way at first. I just, you know, thought I just wanted to be around my baby all the time and all the stuff. And, and I did, but I didn't. I was, it was growing in me understanding that there was other things I wanted to be doing. And I was feeling old feelings come up from you know, the last time when I was a stay-at-home mom and couldn't work because we couldn't afford childcare. So it was a bit of a flip of a situation, right? But I will say this person became a part of our home so quickly. And when I watched the teens start to really connect with her and bond and, you know, ask if she was coming over, I was get I got real scared. I was like, oh my gosh, like you're actually such an important person in our in our lives. Like if you ever consider staying, like, please stay. And so she did. She stayed with us. And the really cool part about this is I sat down at work. I hired somebody in editorial this summer because we have so many amazing things coming for the website. And so I hired somebody for editorial and we were sitting down and I was like, I think I, think I might be at the point where I could even have hire out a little bit more, maybe have a part-time assistant. Maybe this is something I can think about in the future. Maybe this is a way that I could expand this role for her without her, but I need to talk to her and see how her career is and what she's thinking and feeling. And so I made her a job offer and she took it and joined the team. So not only works for me as an assistant, but also works with Lemmy. It is such a dream come true, but also something that I I have to look back and reflect on because I had no idea last year how I was going to do any of this. And I love that in a way with almost no plan in place, I was able to come through it and make decisions as we went, end up finding somebody and start a new career goal for them and bring them into what I hope is a really cool, fun experience. And it honestly has been so far. So work has been awesome and really full of burnout. I feel like everyone is having this shift in their lives. You know, I read this article the other day. It was all in the New York Times of like what thing, what things people wouldn't be returning to 
post pandemic, you know, as we were having these conversations and it was things like, I will never prioritize, um, work over my health. I will be better at like staying home when I feel sick. I'm going to stop replying to emails after 6 PM. And on weekends, there was all of this reflection because I think the last year really brought us through the situation of where are your boundaries? Because it's all blurred. Now, if you were in a situation where you were at work and your work was at home, and it was with your kids around or not with kids, whatever that situation is. And then we have our essential workers who they were burnt out a year and a half ago. Let's not even like, and they're still burnt out. If you have, if you are someone, thank you. And if you know someone, let's show up for them. They definitely, definitely need it. I think about this a lot because my daughter's going, uh, we just did sleep coaching for my daughter and like Lemmy, the baby. And uh, we were told she was in a sleep debt and that it's going to take her time to like recuperate from the sleep debt. Even though she's sleeping like 16 hours between day and night, she's still acting very tired when in her wakeful hours. And and I talked to the sleep coach and she was like, well, yeah, like she's she's had the sleep debt. She is working her way th- through it. And then she's going to come out the other side. You're going to see her show up as herself again. And I thought about ourselves and I thought about burnout. And I think about people like the essential workers who for a year and a half have been putting themselves in an energy debt. They've been putting themselves in a sleep debt. They've been at the highest cortisol spiking anxiety levels and difficulty in work situation that they've potentially ever had. And then when we return to normal, quote unquote, what does that look like for all of us? What does that look like for them? What does it look like for all of the burnout? And what have we learned? What is our balance? How do we, when we chip away at some of these things, do we allow ourselves the capacity to find rest or to at least understand that we are in an energy debt, that we are in a sleep debt, that we are going to take some time to come back from it. You've heard me talk about it before, but I'm low-key obsessed, maybe I'm high-key obsessed with Ana Luisa. They're this jewelry brand who has made themselves carbon neutral, y'all. Like it is so cool to see them taking steps like this. Not only that, but their jewelry, even being as sustainable as it is and good on our environment, it's actually starting at $39. I have the most incredible earrings from them. Every single time I wear them, people stop me. They're called Paris. They're like these cute little twisted hoop. Whenever I wear them, everyone's like, what earrings are those? And I'm so excited to tell them they're Ana Luisa. And I'm also excited, so excited to tell them that they are on sale. Ana Luisa is all about being a jewelry brand that creates simple but high quality jewelry that shouldn't cost the planet. They went after styles that aren't just trendy. They're ones that people are going to wear for years and years. They work with vetted factories and transparent supply chains. They have highest quality at affordable prices, and they are carbon and water neutral operations as well. What a cool, cool company. And I got to repeat again, just the most classic designs and so affordable, especially if you're going to start shopping for the holidays. They're a great one to check out. I love them and their pieces starting at $39 and with an incredible sale right now as well. You can visit shop.analuisa.com slash papaya. I'm going to read that out one more time. Shop.analuisa, A-N-A, L-U-I-S-A dot com slash papaya. Go and visit. Check out those Paris hoops. Maybe we can be twinning, y'all. And uh, grab them while they're on sale. Let's go back to today's show. (music) 
Okay, do you want to hear what burnout looks like? It can often feel like emotional signs and symptoms, sense of failure and self-doubt, feeling helpless, trapped, and defeated, detachment, feeling alone in the world, a loss of motivation, an increasingly cynical and negative outlook, decreased satisfaction and sense of accomplishment. It can also be um, in escape fantasies, irritability, and frequent illness. I have to say, oh, there's so many more. Oh my gosh, there's so many articles about this. This is one of the things, oh, there's actually five stages of burnout. Let's see if I can find this. There's the honeymoon stage, the balancing act, the chronic symptoms, the crisis stage, and and a word I've never had to pronounce before, enmeshment. Well, I don't know what that means, but it sounds real bad. However, a recent report from Indeed found that employee burnout is on the rise. 52% of all workers are feeling burnt out, up 9% from pre-COVID survey. This is this is employees of all ages and types experiencing the impact of stress, fatigue, and mental health challenges. Y'all, are you feeling burnt out? Because I'm feeling burnt out and I was on mat leave for part of this. I've been working at home. I've been in a job that I can say yes and no to, to an extent. I mean, not fully, but... I feel like we're in such a burnout. And what's so interesting about this and on top of all of this is there has been so many people saying that their sex drive is disappearing, that their partner's sex drive is disappearing, whether this is right after having a baby or during the pandemic. And this is not uncommon. I read an article once that talked about an incident that happened in Japan years and years ago, and it talked about the decline of sex and I talked to um, Shan Boudram, who is an amazing person to follow, S-H-A-N-B-O-O-D-Y. And she, I, I asked her, I'm like, how does, how does stress play into sex drive? And it is absolutely huge. And I think that it really throws so many of us, especially if you're a partnered in a heterosexual relationship or any relationship with a man, when they don't have a sex drive, it immediately becomes an us feeling. It becomes the partner must be at fault. They don't find us desirable anymore. And what I learned is that sex rates have gone down. Sex drives have gone down since all of this began because stress impacts so much. And it doesn't matter if we were taught that men think about sex every nine seconds, sex with a partner can be a stressful experience for some, even if it's not a stressful experience. For some, it might be something that there it's very easy to enter into, but let's be real. Sex is more work than masturbation. So for a lot of people, they're just falling out of cycles of having sex with their partners. That distance starts to feel created and there. I can't super speak into this in this regard because I wasn't allowed to have sex pretty much all of 2020. I had shingles on my vagina and that I was had pelvic rest with a baby and we had to figure out how to be a couple without sex. It was so interesting to find how important a hug was and handholding was in our relationship. But then we had a freaking baby and everyone's asking, how's the sex? How are you doing with sex? When I recently did a poll in my um, IG stories, like how ask anything, everyone was like, how's sex after having a baby? I'll be honest. I was 
freaking terrified. We talked about this on the podcast with Shane already, and he talked about postpartum sex and if it felt different or whatnot. If you want to listen to it, it's the episode, the one about spaghetti versus macaroni. Don't let the title mislead you. Actually, no, it's definitely on target. We do talk about spaghetti versus macaroni, and then we tail off into the discussion around sex. But what I find really cool about this is that we went through postpartum very slowly with sex. Like we started, we tried. I read a post by Chessie King and she talked about postpartum sex with a C-section. And I always related to things that were vaginal birth because I was like, oh my God, I can't have anything go near me. But she said it was like having, it was like trying to have sex with a cheese grater. And I was like, oh my gosh, C-section healing has very similar in a way experience for postpartum sex. It does feel like a cheese grater. And that's such an awful thing to think about. But I felt like the first time I was so seen, I I thought it was a me thing. We had to use so much lube to make anything work because my body was like a sealed shut little thing. We're so terrified and put into these situations of feeling like we're going to have loose vaginas. And that's like something to be feared. Y'all, nobody's talking about how tight your vagina can feel after birth. Like that's what scares me. I would say air pockets happen a little bit more because queefing only happened for me after giving birth. However, when you're talking about like the actual opening, it can be tight as F. Add your stress to it, your clenching, it's tight as F. It is not a fun experience for you. It's gonna maybe feel like a cheese grater. So guess what? Didn't really wanna do it too much. Also had a baby on me all day. Didn't really feel like it. But we had just come through a year where we had created intimacy in new ways and we didn't really feel like we had to like create this sudden pressure because I was six weeks postpartum. They were supposed to go into having sex multiple times a week. Well, now, and as my hormones are balancing out, things have gotten so much. I'm I'm hesitant to use the word better. I'm going to say frequent. We've gotten that frequency back, that tandem, that rhythm. And we're doing it in a way that also comes with a lot of new intimacies. My body is so different, especially, I guess it feels like that for me after having like this tight, um, pregnant belly and, um, you know, boobs that weren't sucked on all day to transition into, you know, sex. And a lot of people have asked me like, well, what about your boobs? Like when you nurse a baby, do you lose the sex factor of your nipples? And I say that this to you, do you feel like you're having penetrative sex when you put a tampon in or a diva cup in? And if you don't, then you can probably still have nipple play in your relationship without it feeling like it's a weird situation and vice versa. When you are nursing a baby, it does not feel like a pleasure experience in a sexual way whatsoever, similar to putting a tampon in your batch. So let me just leave it at that, right? Like that's, that's how that whole thing feels. Where was I going with this? which leads me into my last little bit of something. I feel, if I'm going to be honest, that postpartum when it comes to your body is the the most identifying term for it for me is grief. It's grief. In grief, not in a sad way, not in a mourning way, but in a processing way. I think I've misidentified grief because it always was related to somebody dying, but I've learned that grief is the tool and the emotion and the process of adapting to change. And when your body has changed, whether it's from pandemic, whether it is from medication, whether it is from relationship change, whether it is from you know having a baby or whatever the circumstances are, 
there is a deep discomfort with that change. There are a lot of feelings of failure that come with, you know, the fat phobic systems we were raised in. Can't even fully get into that. But when it comes to change in your body, there is grief. And it's not really the same as maybe when you're pregnant because everyone's celebrating that with you. You give birth and there's this silence, but people are real loud for those who look exactly like they did before pregnancy, should they look that way after birth. And there is nothing wrong with that. People genetically are made different. Some pop out babies and they look like they never did. However, when we loudly hear that being praised and we're sitting in a body that is entirely new and things are silent, that's difficult. That is a loss of something. You've gone from your body being praised, admired, admonished, doors opened for you to being feeling like discarded. You've lost that validation from other people. You're suddenly having to find it for yourself. And what, on what energy do you have? On what sleep have you gotten? On what intimacy have you had? Probably none. It is difficult AF. And I love how I'm allowed to swear on my pod and I keep using letters. However, this is where grief comes in for me. And I think that this is an important notion and something that I really wanted to share with you. I actually did a post on this and I and I want to just reiterate it because I don't want to assume that everyone's reading Instagram posts. We're busy. We're burnt out. So I said, this is the story of gratitude and grief. A body that has carried me, I am so grateful. When it carried more than one life, my gratitude, it expanded with me. But it is also grief, not the sadness kind, but the processing kind, one that recognizes the change and it sits with it, rediscovering in the midst of this newness. Oftentimes when the grief comes, they say, but you should be so grateful, but I am, I am. It's just that gratitude and grief can be as one, both a process, both together. I'm sorry to all of us who have felt like the grief has nowhere to go because we don't want to seem ungrateful. We don't want to seem sad. My grief has served me well. A letting go of what was so I can focus on what's coming, all that is right now, which is an entirely beautiful life, no matter how my body and I adapt to it. For she has carried me through it all. I trust she will continue to do it well. For this, I am grateful. And it was my grief that let me get there. Thank you for letting me read that in such a poetic way. But I... I wanted to share that because I feel with so many body conversations, we feel like confidence and the ability to show up in this world is birthed through joy in our bodies. It is birthed through feeling like we love what we look like. And where's the sadness go? Where does the grief go? Where does the change go? Where does all of those feelings go? And for me, they had to go somewhere. I had to identify them. I had to use something to get myself through it. But I will say this, and this is the most important part of it all. At no point in this change and through this grief process did I stop showing up. I didn't stop wearing two-piece bathing suits, even if I felt a little insecure in them at times. I didn't stop showing up in intimacy for my in my relationship. I didn't start... Um, I didn't start removing myself from social situations, even if sometimes it made me pre-think through what people might think of me when they saw me in person. There are so many layers to feelings like this. And I feel like the more we talk about them openly, the more we can understand that confidence is not in expecting a feeling and waiting on something so that we may show up. It's showing up even though we have those feelings. 
And I say this being somebody who has lived the spectrum of so many different weights and sizes and knows that anxiety in my body existed the most when I was at my smallest. And I know that the biggest part of all of this is just choosing to show up no matter what and show up for your friends too. Everyone's going through stuff. The more we cannot give compliments or comments around people's bodies, the better we're going to be. Y'all, thank you so much for letting me chat through feelings today to talk about postpartum and really sit down for an effing second through this and digest and un- unpack basically the last eight months of life. Uh, your listenership means so much to me. And I just think it's just so cool to be in my own feelings for a hot second and have a place to share them. I hope that if you're feeling any of these things too, that you find a way to do the same, whether it's journaling, whether it's talking out loud to somebody, whether it's starting your own damn podcast, y'all, who would have thought, right? So I love y'all. Thank you so much for listening. And we will, of course, see you next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.